I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel, consistent with the Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. In keeping with those regulations, I have today notified the designated members of each House of Congress of the appointment. And just like that, the fix is in. Hello, America. I'm Todd Starnes. In for Greg Kelly, Merrick Garland announcing earlier today that the man who colluded with Hunter Biden's lawyers to work out a sweetheart plea deal has now been appointed special counsel to investigate the president's son. Folks, this stinks worse than a backed-up portageon at a chili cook-off. An attorney for Hunter Biden told the New York Times they had had full faith in the investigation. Well, of course they did. The cake is already baked. Congressman Jim Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary, who is also investigating Joe Biden, condemned the move, calling it more about obstruction, less about justice. David Weiss can't be trusted, and this is just a new way to whitewash the Biden family's corruption. Weiss has already signed off on a sweetheart plea deal that was so awful and unfair that a federal judge rejected it. Well, Hunter Biden was expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax as part of a plea deal to avoid jail time on a felony gun charge. Now, that deal fell apart, leading to the special counsel. Now, had a regular American faced similar charges, well, they would have been spending at least a decade in jail. Do you see how all of this works? It's a two-tier justice system. But there are some new developments in Hunter's plea deal in a court filing today. We learned that the negotiations are at a standstill. The parties have engaged in further plea negotiations but are at an impasse. The government now believes that the case will not resolve short of a trial. So will we get a chance of justice with Hunter Biden or will this end just like everything else it seems to do when it comes to the Bidens? Ignored and swept under the rug with the establishment media paying no mind to it at all. Now, besides the sheer absurdity of the special counsel's appointment, there are also lots of questions over the legality of appointing Weiss. You see, the rules say you cannot be selected as a special counsel if you work for the government. Just take a look here. The special counsel shall be selected from outside the United States government. And Weiss works for the government. His name shouldn't be anywhere close to this conversation. But this could be just another ploy the DOJ is running in order to protect the Biden family. CBS News reported this earlier today. A former federal prosecutor I spoke to just before this event said to me the appointment of a special counsel would have the effect of delaying a resolution on the Hunter Biden matter, in his opinion. And it would certainly delay any anticipated testimony from the U.S. attorney in Delaware to Republicans on Capitol Hill who have been seeking that testimony for several months. And, and folks, we can't even call this a cover-up because the Biden Justice Department is not even trying to cover anything up. It's all out in the open. They're literally thumbing their nose at the American people. And why are they doing that? Well, they know they can get away with it. I mean, how many times have Republicans had the opportunity to step in and put a stop to the Soviet-style behavior of Garland and his henchmen at the FBI? How many times? They cracked down on law-abiding gun owners. The Republicans did nothing. They staged pre-dawn guns drawn raids on pro-life leaders. And again, the Republicans did nothing. They even went after parents who complained about their kids being taught deviant behavior in the classroom. And still, the Republicans did nothing. 
Now, the Democrats tried to sabotage Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2016. They tried to overthrow a duly elected president on trumped-up charges. They staged a guns-drawn raid at Mar-a-Lago. Lots of indignation, but Republican leadership seems either unwilling or unable to defend President Trump or do what is right by the American people. Instead, they sit back. And they watch the swamp and the establishment media spin lies and convict Trump in the court of public opinion. Because according to them, Trump is the true threat to democracy, not the double standard of justice in our country. I happen to believe Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Trump's threat to democracy. I've seen it happen over and over, and there's a pattern. Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. All right, I've got to take something back here. Now, the Republicans have, have done something. They've, they've held lots of hearings, lots and lots of hearings. They issued lots of statements, too. But as of 10 o'clock Eastern, not a single Biden official has been impeached. No one has been held accountable. But you got to give the Republicans credit. They can, man, throw one heck of a great hearing. Meanwhile, there is a glimmer of good news. Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida has introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden with four articles, bribery and extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud and financial involvement in drugs and sweet mercy prostitution, America. But for now, we're supposed to feign surprise that the Democrats picked a Biden family BFF to take the reins of the case. This guy's no Perry Mason, folks. Biden knows that Republicans can't do anything. They're not going to do anything. And the media, they're not going to do anything. And this is what a two-tiered justice system looks like. So now we wait, because if history has taught us anything, when anyone tied to the Biden family is accused of wrongdoing, guess what happens? The Biden Justice Department almost immediately unleashes another phony indictment against former President Trump. Well, joining us to react is Trump attorney Jesse Benall. So, Jesse, a lot uh, to unravel there. Where did I go wrong? Uh, you didn't go wrong anywhere. Uh, there is very little doubt why the American people right now have no faith in our criminal justice system. Um, let me give you an example. On the docket today in federal court in D.C., every single matter was against either President Trump one of his supporters, or other conservatives. Every, that's all they're interested in doing in our justice system right now, it seems like, is going after President Trump and his supporters. There's no—D.C. I mean, is not exactly the safest place in the world, right? There's tons of, you know, drugs and violence and homelessness. Uh, there's absolutely real crime to prosecute in D.C., but they're not interested in that. These out-of-control Democratic prosecutors are only interested in going after Republicans, and this is a slow-motion cover-up in order to cover—to make sure that uh, Hunter Biden uh, and all his crimes uh, are, are swept right under the rug. Jesse, I think this is a fair, a fair assessment here. It really is a slow roll, so they're not looking to, to find out the truth here at all. Meanwhile, the Trump campaign earlier uh, released this statement, and, and they just nailed it here. Crooked Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the entire Biden crime family have been protected by the Justice Department for decades. Even though there was overwhelming evidence, incredible testimony, detailing their wrongdoing of lying to the American people and selling out the country to foreign enemies for the Biden cartel's 
own financial gain. So, Jesse, is this some sort of an admission of guilt by the DOJ? Are they setting up the special counsel? Um, what's going on here? Well, yeah, I mean, I think what you're going to see is that they're going to continue to slow roll this because, yeah, obviously, Joe Biden is just waiting for the politically opportune moment to pardon his son. And they can't do that in the middle of a, of a campaign. So they need to continue to slow roll it. And they need to obstruct an official proceeding is what they would charge President Trump with uh, by getting in the way of the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden and the House of Representatives by making it so nobody can, can testify because of an ongoing criminal investigation, the Fifth Amendment, et cetera, et cetera. And so you, uh, you take and you appoint a special counsel that already has shown that he's willing to sweep all this under the rug instead of giving it, getting you know a rabid prosecutor like Jack Smith, who will throw the Constitution and the laws uh, to the wind to go after his target. Um, and that's just, it's, it's absolutely sickening. And the American people, they see what's going on. I think the American people, you know, polls are out there showing that everybody knows that the, uh, the cases against President Trump are all about 2024. Uh, no doubt about that. And uh, Jesse, we appreciate uh, you coming on. Thank you very much for your insight tonight. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, it appears the evidence continues to pile up against the Biden family. The establishment media continues to bury their heads in the sand um, and they're trying to convince the American people that nope, nothing to see here, folks. Not move along. Nothing to see here. Now, since Garland's announcement of the special counsel, CNN has been working overtime to convince their audience that there's just nothing to see here at all. The allegations without evidence, mostly, that Republicans have out there. There has been no corroboration. There's no evidence there. I mean, you would agree we don't have, there's no evidence of that at all. Republicans get riled up and keep making allegations that at this point uh, have not been substantiated with evidence. So far, there is no evidence that the evidence has come out. They don't have evidence mm -hmm. to show that Joe Biden did anything wrong. All right, that, ladies and gentlemen, was evidence of stupidity. What a joke. Well, let's bring in Dr. Ben Carson to the conversation. Uh, Dr. Carson, a lot of news breaking out of Washington today, but I want to start with this appointment to the special counsel. What, what's your take on where, where this is all going? Well, Todd, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's progress. I mean, we needed a special counsel a long time ago, but traditionally, special counsel is somebody who is agreed upon by both sides. And uh, this is way out of the ordinary. And uh, as was mentioned earlier, it shouldn't be somebody who is uh, a government employee. So, but they continue to do things that are clearly wrong, that are against the, the laws on the books. But since nobody's going to do anything about it, they don't particularly care. You know, when, when the Tuckville came to America to study it, you know, he was very impressed by our checks and balances. There's no checks and balance here because the Department of Justice is on the side of the executive branch, which means there's nobody to mete out judgment so they can do anything they want. And basically what they're doing is saying, we don't care what you think 
we'll do what we want and nobody's going to do anything about it. They're not saying it in those words, but that is exactly what their actions indicate. You know, there was a new survey that came out just a few days ago and confidence uh, within the justice system when it comes to the American people is, is at an all-time low. Are, are you concerned about the danger of this weaponization of the federal government? I think it's the biggest threat to our democracy that exists, our republic. You know, Benjamin Franklin said when he was asked after the Constitutional Convention, what do we have here, sir, a monarchy? or republic, he said a republic, if you can keep it. We're on the verge of losing it completely. And the American people see this. And uh, I hope they wake up. They say it's always darkest before the dawn. It's pretty dark now. Sometimes it has to be very dark before people can see the light. But this is not a partisan issue. This has nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans. This has to do with America as a place where there is liberty and justice for all. We're willing to throw that out of the window for political gain. That is a very, very serious problem. You know, Dr. Carson, it seems like every time there is some revelation in the Biden family investigation, a new Trump indictment comes. Uh, this is how President Trump put it earlier this week with our friend Eric Bowling. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. This is the most corrupt human being. This is the most corrupt family. For, for these things to be happening is not even believable. And I heard a couple of Republicans, nice people, and they said, well, we have other things to worry about. We have to do this. We have to do that. What could be more important than this? The other reason they go after me is because I'm leading in the election, because they would have done this two and a half years ago. You know, they're very late. You don't do this in the middle of the campaign. So, so I'm curious here, Dr. Carson, every time they attack the man, the poll numbers go up. Why do you think that is? I think the American people realize what we were just talking about. They realize that at stake is our republic. And that if we go down this road, we continue to go down this road, and we have a two-tiered system, we will no longer have a free country. I think most people are smart enough to realize that. I think those who are perpetrating all this stuff are underestimating the intelligence of the American people. The question is, can the election get here before we destroy everything? And let's hope and pray that it that we can make it that far. Yeah, well said. Uh, Dr. Carson, good to see you again, and thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, at least 67 people now dead, thousands of people displaced and without power, at historic whaling village gone, the latest on those deadly wildfires in Hawaii after the break. During these crazy and uncertain times, we can't talk enough about having reliable tools for self-defense for your family and yourself. Florida-based EAA Corp. specializes in providing exceptionally high-quality firearms to the U.S. market at an incredible value since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, revolvers, and shotguns. Whether you're looking for a concealed carry, competition pistol, or home defense shotgun, EAA has it. Their MC-1911 series fits the bill, and they're available in compact carry or full-size configurations. First-time gun owner? Well, the all-in-one 9mm MC-9 and MC-28 Striker Fire Pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. Concealed carry has recently been approved in several new states during the last year with no permit required. This is because personal defense is a growing issue, and EAA Corp 
has your answer. EAA's lineup includes shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every firearm available from EAA. Visit EAACorp.com to learn more. That's EAACorp.com to shop for your personal firearm protection. And welcome back. As of this evening, the death toll on the island of Maui was at least 67. The number of missing still remains unclear. Thousands of people displaced, nearly 11,000 Maui residents are still without power at this hour. Now that fire engulfed one community, Lehana, now 80% the fire, 80% contained. But officials say the historic whaling village was just decimated. President Biden signed a disaster declaration to direct federal resources to the island. But experts say it will be several years before Maui is able to fully recover and rebuild. For more on this, let's welcome in Pastor Greg Laurie. He is the senior pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship with campuses in both California and Hawaii. Pastor Greg is also the co-author of Jesus Revolution, How God Transformed an Unlikely Generation and How He Can Do It Again. By the way, Jesus Revolution now available on Netflix. Pastor, good to have you with us today. You, you travel to Hawaii very often. I'm curious to know what you are hearing from your congregation, your folks there on the ground in Maui. Well, they, they've been devastated. This happened so quickly, and we've all heard these horrible stories of people literally going into the water to get away from the flames. The old Lahaina town, which has been about 80% destroyed, is all all these wood structures right next to each other. So in go some going back to the early 1900s. So it was like a tinderbox. And, uh, and this death toll, unfortunately, I believe is going to rise quite a bit higher. And so we have a church there, Todd, of around 1,000 people. And uh, it's it, we just did a report with uh, CBN. They came over and, and showed what our church is doing. And, and I walked down the main street there with the reporter and all the beauty of the island. And literally days later, it's all gone. But uh, so our church is there to help people in any way that we can. Uh, we have a team on the ground right now. We're assessing the situation, determining how best to reach out to people and help them. We're working very closely with Samaritan's Purse, led by my friend Franklin Graham. And we'll also do our best to minister hope to people who've lost their home, lost their loved ones, and, and so much. Pastor, I'm curious about the physical aspect of this, and I think there are two parts. I want to talk about the physical first. Uh, what is it that people need? I mean, where are these people living? Uh, where are they finding shelter? Well, many of them are being put up in, in facilities there. We've even housed people in our tiny little church facilities there. Many have gone into other folks' home. Many are leaving the island right now. So people are going all over. I think the greatest need is probably to get shelter for these people, to get food, and to pray for these first responders to get the power back on the island. They, they don't know when the power is going to get on, so at nighttime, there's nothing there. And so we have a fund we've established called the Harvest Maui Relief Fund. And, and if you go to harvest.org, you can give toward it. And we're going to do everything we can to help people get shelter, help people get food and water, help people hear a message of hope, and point them to the one who can help them get through this. You know, it's interesting, the Bible talks about going through a fiery trial. 
And in this instance, that's literal. They are going through the fire. They've been to the fire. And I, I'm sad to say it looks like we're going to have a number of funeral services in the future. But uh, this is where I believe Christians can really shine their light because we can help people in practical ways, but we can also help them in spiritual ways. And that's what we're there to do with our church, our ministry that's on the ground right now. Pastor, I saw an interview with a little boy, maybe 11, 12 years old, and he and his family were on that wall and trying to figure out what was the best option. Was it taking your risk on the land or jumping into to the ocean? And that little boy said the worst part of it all was not being able to find his dad after it was over with. I mean, these kinds of situations really do help reset what the main thing is in our lives. They really do. You know, Todd, people come from all around the world to visit Hawaii and specifically Maui and, and specifically Old Town Lahaina. I mean, I think of the many times I've walked up and down that street and met people from all over the nation and abroad as well. And it's such a happy place and it's such a beautiful place. And to think that's all gone. But, you know, a lot of people maybe think, oh, if I go on vacation to a beautiful place, I'll, look, I'll find what I'm looking for. And, and one great thing, Todd, that we have going on is our church has been there now for, for over 40 years, but it became a part of our ministry harvest seven years ago. It's doubled in size since we merged uh, with the pre-existing church. And we've seen over 2,000 people come to faith in Christ. And it's because people end up in our church services. On an average service, we'll have 30% visitors. Now, that's going to probably change in the days ahead. And I'm sure we'll be there yeah. helping our church community and our local com community as well, much more. Well, Pastor, we appreciate you coming on Newsmax. And I know the Newsmax audience is going to be praying for everybody there in Maui. God thank bless you. you and thank you. Thank you. All right, well, coming up, the Biden administration talks a big game when it comes to gun safety, but their latest move will cancel safety training classes in public schools. We'll explain after the break. Welcome back. Well, it's official. The Biden administration has declared war on high school hunters and Green Arrow wannabes. The administration admitting it's withholding key funding for schools nationwide that have hunting or archery programs in their curriculum. The Department of Education says it's just interpreting a recently passed law as written by Congress. Don't blame us. That law, by the way, is called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. It was signed by the president last year, and it includes the following amendment to the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965. Quote, no funds under this act may be used for the provision to any person of a dangerous weapon or training in the use of a dangerous weapon. So the Department of Education says that gives them cover to block shooting sport activities at schools across the country. Well, for more on this, let's welcome in one of my favorite columnists at Breitbart News, A.W.R. Hawkins, a great Second Amendment columnist as well. Thanks for coming on the program. And I just let's just jump right into this. You know, it seems to me that everyone in the country would actually want kids to be properly trained on using a weapon. 
Right. Right. You're exactly right. And uh, but we both know what's that that word weapon is ambiguous. That's how the left likes it. That way it can apply not just to firearms, but as we're seeing to archery, it can apply to a bow or to an arrow. And, you know, whether they're writing laws or putting amendments in a law to make a rule like this, uh, you'll notice, Todd, there's always ambiguity and that plays in their benefit because then they can shut down whatever they want to shut down. No, I think you're absolutely right. I was walking around earlier today in Central Park. I didn't see many hunters down there, but I do right. see a lot of them back home in Tennessee. And a lot of Republicans say this is a direct attack on red state families. What say you? Oh, I agree, because that's where these hunting and archery classes are being held or after school programs, whatever they are. But I also think it's funny, Todd, the left is so focused, you know, they've changed their name from being gun control groups to being gun safety groups. If they're so focused on safety, why wouldn't we want, whether it's a gun or a bow and arrow, why wouldn't we want children to be taught properly how to handle these things? It's just more of the hypocrisy, Todd. Uh, but you're right, it's hurting. It's not It's not hurting folks in, uh, in Los Angeles. It's not hurting folks in Chicago. It's not hurting folks in New York City. It's hurting folks in little towns in Alabama, in little towns in Mississippi, in little towns in Kentucky. That's where it's hurting folks. And so Biden's basically, uh, I don't want to say flipping the bird, but maybe that's the phrase. He's flipping the bird to the red states that didn't vote for him. Oh, I, th I think that's a fair assessment. And, you know, some of the nation's most prominent gun safety groups, uh, well, they're coming together to endorse uh, President Biden in the 2024 election. So, again, the Democrats doubling down on their anti-gun policies, and then they're cracking down when it when you actually have a, a class that teaches kids how to use that firearm arm safely. Uh, we're looking at a double standard here, my friend. Oh, we are. And, and, and you think of the groups you put on your screen. The majority of those are affiliated either with Mike Bloomberg or Gabby Giffords or the Brady campaign, which has been around forever and never accomplished a thing. But these are deep pocket groups. And Todd at Breitbart, I constantly try to stress, they like to talk about the gun lobby, the gun lobby, the gun lobby. This, folks, this is the gun control lobby and they have deep pockets and they're coming for your second amendment what they don't want to talk about is how many people go through national rifle association gun safety classes i mean there's there's a lot of safety a lot of education when it comes to to guns uh on the uh, the nra side and by the way before we go uh, awr i want to get your take on this a federal appeals court uh, just ruled drug users should not automatically be banned from having guns. Somebody actually thought that was a good idea. So now the move is raising a lot of questions about the longstanding rule, which of course was used in the case against Hunter Biden. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think it's good that we're gonna get these split circuits uh, where we can get to the Supreme Court on this issue because you have a lot of states that have legalized marijuana. And a lot of people think, well, my state legalized it, I can do it while I carry a gun or, or I can still own a gun. By federal law, you can't. And so there is some confusion, and some of it is honest confusion. So I think it will be nice if we can get some splits in the circuits, get this up to the Supreme Court, and figure out what is going to be what. Good stuff. AWR, great seeing you, and appreciate you coming on the show. Great to be with you, Todd. Thanks. All right. Well, coming up, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed David Weiss as special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation. So what do Iowa State fairgoers think about that appointment?
So earlier today, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed David Weiss as special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation. We've got Newsmax's Mike Carter, boots on the ground at the Iowa State Fair. Mike, what's the latest? News of U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointing a special counsel to look into the Hunter Biden probe, sending shockwaves across the political universe. Some of those shockwaves being felt right here at the Iowa State Fair. As you can imagine, many of the presidential candidates that will be here this weekend, this will be a major talking point for them. Among them, Ron DeSantis and former President Donald Trump. They'll be here on Saturday. This afternoon, we had a chance to talk to some of the fairgoers and get their thoughts on this Hunter Biden probe. Are you happy that there's a special counsel now looking after Hunter Biden. I'm very happy. I think it sh they should because he's done some shady stuff. I think everything he does is very suspicious. Um, him and his dad. As long as they come out with the truth. That's all we want is the truth. I'm happy and surprised that they're actually doing something. I don't know if it's about time, but he should be checked into just like I would be if it was me. As long as it's equal both ways. Whatever they're doing against Trump should go against, but no we're going to go after one real hard and not the other one. The crookedness in Washington, D.C., sooner or later someone has to be held accountable and pay for what's going on or it's just going to keep going. I absolutely think they're going to find everything they need to know about the Biden family. Really, they should be looking into the entire cabinet and everything that Joe Biden has appointed. Why do you think this is happening now? I'm guessing that they're probably getting ready to get Biden out and someone else in to run on the Democratic side. So that's the way many Iowa voters feel about this Hunter Biden probe. Tomorrow, Saturday, we'll look forward to hearing from former President Donald Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis, both men making appearances here at the Iowa State Fair. And this special counsel appointment into Hunter Biden, sure to be a big talking point on Saturday. At the Iowa State Fair in Des Moines, Iowa, for Newsmax, I'm Mike Carter. All right, Mike, thank you very much. Well, let's uh, dig into this with our great panel, former White House advisor in the Trump administration, host of Gorka Reality Check and my favorite radio host, Sebastian Gorka, and FBI whistleblower Garrett O'Boyle. Gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us. Sebastian, you first. I, I love what one of these guys told Mike Carter. He said, there's something going on here. They're getting ready to get Biden out of there. Do you think that might possibly be the case here? I don't know if today's decision, Todd, thank you for your kind words, um, is an indication of that. I think the Democrats are starting to realize that this, uh, my buddy Dan Bongino calls him, the rotten bag of oatmeal in the White House is starting to be more of a liability than anything else. But can we just be clear what happened today, okay? This isn't good news, what happened today. They appointed David Bikes, okay? The U.S. attorney for Delaware that, as a state, is in the pockets of the Biden anyway, Bidens anyway. He's the guy who's been investigating Hunter Biden for four and a half years and offered him the sweetheart deal of sweetheart deals, okay? The one they tried to hide from Judge Norica. And she said, what, what do you mean you're giving blanket immunity to Hunter Biden on a felony gun charge, on felony tax evasion? God bless Judge Norica. No, the only reason they put this crooked U.S. attorney in charge of being special counsel is to protect Hunter Biden and also to give the Bidens coverage in Congress. Because now, when they ask, uh, you know, the AG, Merrick Garland, can you, can you tell us about Hunter Biden's deals and how much money he gave to Joe? They're, they're going to say, oops, sorry, he's under investigation. I can't comment on that. This is to protect Hunter, not to get to the truth, Todd. 
All right, I want to bring Garrett in. You heard what Dr. G just said there, Garrett. Do you agree that this is, this is really about protecting the Bidens and not getting to justice here? I do agree, Todd, and thanks for having me on. I think Dr. Gorka nailed it. I mean, it's taken this long to appoint a special counsel in the first place. That's only because we are starting to learn from IRS whistleblowers and other information coming out, like an FD-1023 that took weeks and weeks and weeks to get about Hunter from the FBI. We are finally starting to see the American people and learn the the tip of the iceberg of the corruption from the Hunter Biden or from the Biden family. And so, like Dr. Gorka said, if you're going to get a sweetheart deal like this and basically do it, you know, behind closed doors where nobody's paying attention, nobody's really seeing what's happening, you know, thank God for that judge because if if he was allowed to get that deal, uh, we, we would probably not be learning half the things that we're going to learn and some of the things that are already coming out. Dr. G, I want to switch gears. A lot of breaking news coming out of D.C. this week. We now know that the FBI's infiltration of the Catholic Church is much worse than what we've been told. Now, Newsmax has learned the FBI offices in Los Angeles and Portland, Oregon, coordinated with the field office in Richmond to produce an anti-Catholic memorandum. Now, that memorandum targeted traditional Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. The FBI also attempted to recruit informants and other sources inside the church. I mean, this is behavior you would expect in the old Soviet Union. You wonder what's next, wiretapping the confessional booth, waterboarding pro-lifers in the baptismal pool. I mean, how big of a deal is this, Dr. G? This is an outrage, but first I want to salute Garrett uh, Adrian O'Bond before for what he's done. There are tens of thousands of people working for the FBI. It is a disgrace that less than 30 of them are whistleblowers. So God bless you, Garrett. Uh, no, as a cradle Catholic, it doesn't matter whether I'm an Episcopal, whether I'm a you know, Seventh-day Adventist. This is an outrage. We have the director of the FBI testifying, perjuring himself that, oh, no, 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 this threat analysis about traditional Catholics, this was just some crazy thing out of the FBI field office in Richmond. No, you lied. You perjured yourself. You should be arrested. You should be subpoenaed. You should be put in, you know, uh, leg shackles like they did to my White House colleague, Peter Navarro, for being in contempt of Congress. Why? Because what, now we know the evidence. It wasn't one field office. It was Portland with L.A. that had a special contract. Why, why are field offices having contracts to spy on Catholics, Todd? That is un-American. You're right. That's what happened on the wrong side of the Iron Curtain during the Cold War. And that's why we, we know the FBI is now Biden's Gestapo. And, and Garrett, bringing, bringing you back into this conversation here, I mean, you've had your own personal experience as a former field agent. Have you seen this kind of corruption and this hostility to, to people of faith in this country? Oh, absolutely, Todd. This is one of my protected disclosures that was leaked after my uh, transcribed interview back in February. One of the things I brought forward was the uh, threats to SCOTUS 2022 threat tag, which basically flipped that threat on its head and tried to go after uh, pro-life adherence. So, you know, Dr. Gorka nails it again about this radical traditional Catholic memo. And some of our mutual friends, Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend and I have been talking about it this week as well. And it it is an absolute atrocious travesty, tyrannical abuse of authority, what the FBI is doing under Christopher Ray's uh, directorship. 
It's un-American is what it is, guys. And I, I want to go back to this document. According to the FBI document here, they define radical traditionalist Catholics as those who attend Latin Mass and adhere to anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, and white supremacist ideology. Dr. G, what do you make of this? I mean, is this an overall attack on the Christian faith here in America? I can't see it as anything else. What is Catholicism? got to do with white nationalism. I mean, let's talk about black nationalism. Let's talk about the 40 people who were killed in the BLM Antifa riots, the $3 billion worth of damage. Let's talk about the church, the president's church, a block from the White House, St. John's Episcopal, that was almost burnt to the ground during the BLM riots. Let's talk about the real supremacist organizations in America, which are anti-Christian, anti-American and uh, black supremacist. That's the truth, but you're not allowed to say it. And by the way, Garrett, Steve, and Kyle, uh, you can support them at uh, Carl Serafin's Give, Send, Go. These guys are on the front edge of getting some kind of responsibility back at the Hoover building, so let's support them. Well said, and, bo and you are as well, Dr. Gorka. We appreciate your great work to America. Uh, Dr. Gorka, Garrett O'Boyle, thank you both very much. Thanks, Todd. God bless. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Let's get dressed. Today, we're looking at the most iconic friend group, Disney's Mickey and Friends. And the character most like me is Minnie Mouse. And I have the most perfect dress to start the look. It even has little Mickeys on it. And I love how bold of a red it is. It's just like Minnie. I'm thinking of layering a fun collar like this one, just to give it a little more flair. And uh, <laughs> that is gender fluid social media influencer Sean Altman slipping into a Minnie Mouse dress. Just one problem. This Minnie is a Mickey. Yes, he is a biological man who sometimes identifies as a dude, sometimes identifies as a gal, depending on his mood. And now he's officially a partner with Disney. That's right, Disney joining forces with the TikTok star to market girls' clothing online. It's just their latest move in showing solidarity with the LGBTQ community. Now, the promotional video was posted on his own account and then reposted by Disney Style. That's a division of Disney that sells clothing and accessories and offers style inspiration for fans. All right, is, is Disney getting it here? Uh, let's bring in our panel, online opinion editor at the Washington Times, Cheryl Chumley, and founder of Gays Against Groomers, Jamie Michelle. Welcome to you both. Cheryl, so Disney's been on this woke kick for over a year now. Are they not getting it? The movies are tanking. Nobody's watching the, 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 the cable channel anymore. What's going on here? What's going on is they are a woke corporation, and it's a little bit surprising to me that so closely on the heels of what happened with Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney, that here comes Disney essentially doing the same thing. So I expect a backlash. I expect a lot of people to call for boycotts against Disney, more boycotts and so forth. But it just seems to me some of these woke corporations care more about an agenda, a far left agenda, than they do their profits. Yeah, and and you know it's just not a not a good look for the guy, uh, Jamie. I, I do 
want to talk about the grooming aspect of the, this. Y your organization doing a really ter terrific job of bringing these kinds of stories to the forefront. Is this a case of, of grooming the kids? Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, it's really important to clarify that grooming isn't always sexual. You know, it can be ideological. It can be just planting ideas in a child's head that they are not ready for yet. And, you know, this is what that does exactly. I mean, you know, little girls watching Disney style or, or watching Disney anything and seeing a man in a dress that's very confusing to them uh, when they haven't been introduced to something like that before and they shouldn't be introduced to something like that so young. Um, you know, it, it brings up questions that they're going to go to their parents about and, and the parents should be able to decide when it's time for those conversations. And so, yeah, I would say that this is 100% grooming and and like your other guest here said, uh, you know, it's it's really shocking to see these companies still latch onto this woke virus, um, especially after what we just saw happen with Bud Light and what is still happening with Bud Light. Yeah, it's a fair point. And it's almost as if if it bankrupts the company, we're going to go bankrupt, but we're going to shove this agenda down your throats. And, and that's a disturbing thing. I, I want to go to this next story, the cancel culture mob. We know they came after country music star Jason Aldean. Now they've set their sights on R&B singer Neo. Neo spoke out against gender ideology earlier this week. Uh, without his permission, his publicist posted an apology on his behalf. But Neo has now retracted that. Uh, take a listen. And I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, somebody asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. All right, uh, Cheryl, let's start with you. Uh, never apologize. That's the rule of thumb here when it comes to the woke mob because they don't want your apology. No, they don't. They want to destroy you, basically, and uh, take away your opinion from the public scale, from the public stage. Look, we need more people like him who are willing to go out on the limb to stand strong on principle and sanity. And look, the same thing happened when J.K. Rowling, right? She was huge, huge fan base, and a minority sprung up against and attacked her because of her views on saving womanhood, which is really what we're talking about here. So uh, kudos to any stars out there who take this strong stand. We need more of them. And, and, Jamie, I think the average gay person in America just wants to live their life, claim the American dream. Uh, they're not out there endorsing all of this. But I'm wondering, what is it going to take for the, the conservative gay movement as a whole to rise up and say, uh-uh, we're not going down this path? Well, I think that Gays Against Groomers is really helping with that. I, I just want to say on Neo, I mean, <laughs> Gays Against Groomers on Twitter, we were tracking that. And when we saw that apology come out, we were, like, so upset but then we saw what happened after that. And, and it, it really is going to take courage. Um, and courage is contagious. So hopefully uh, this will inspire other celebrities and stars to speak out. Um, but, you know, I think that the tide is turning. Uh, Gays Against Groomers just had our, our strongest month of membership growth. We grew by 26% in the past month. So the tide is turning. The momentum is shifting. And I think that, you know, this war is going to be won by us. All right, well said and great work. Courage, Cheryl and Jamie, thank you both very much. Thank, thank you. All right, coming up, a fun weekend in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's all about the king of rock and roll. We'll talk about my hometown coming up next.
Finally, Elvis may have left the building, but as fans are still hanging out, thousands gathered in Memphis for the annual Elvis Week celebration. And check out these tiny Elvis fans at St. Francis Hospital. The neonatal intensive care staff decked out the babies in black sideburns and little jumpsuits, lots of bling, maybe some blue suede booties. You just can't help falling in love with Memphis. Well, that's all we have for you tonight, folks. I'm Todd Starnes. Thanks for watching Greg Kelly Reports, and have a great weekend, America.